If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It is great to be with you. Happy Redemption Thursday, Veterans Day. Salute to all of you veterans. By the way, you can uh, find us there on War Chant TV. Don't forget, if you do, to like and subscribe. Share with your brethren. You can also, of course, uh, always reach out to the station. We appreciate you listening to 93.3 Real Talk Radio. Good Redemption Thursday, everybody. Hope you're all right. Sit over there. Everybody ready? Florida State, Miami. Another day closer. Another day in which I feel an eager anticipation for this football game because I think there are some elements of it that give Florida State fight chance to be uh, in this game in the fourth quarter. That's jazz for at this stage of your development. Uh, both teams have real issues to deal with. Miami right now riding a wave of really well-played offense and uh, and playmaking ability down the field. Uh, they have not played good defense, though. They have not tackled well. Florida State has the health of the offense back in place now, in particular at quarterback. So you'd like to believe the ability to run the football here, which is the bread and butter for this team right now, is in play as well. It's a huge recruiting weekend so obviously what you can't do is go out and lay an egg. Uh, you can lose a football game and, and not have it be too detrimental to you. 
but you cannot go out and lose this game, say, one-sidedly or anything along those lines. This has to be a game. This has to be good. Uh, and I think Florida State uh, has a chance to do just that. So we we shall see. But uh, last night's basketball team got off to a great start. And, um, you know, this is a, a team that I think, on the whole, is going to be entertaining to watch. I said it going into last night. Uh, I thought that uh, this would be an easy win. Obviously, we all knew that they won. By the way, in case you missed it, one hundred five to seventy. Uh, they got off to a slow start. They were not shooting the ball well early in this game, uh, but but at the end of the day, their athleticism, their length, their depth, uh, their overall talent, uh, as you suspected, would uh, make it easy for them, and it did. Uh, they they got a lot better on defense about midway point of the first half. From there, you saw them really kind of lock it down. They go on a run. Uh, and they end up taking the lead into halftime, 51-39. to 39. I think the thing, and I don't want to get bogged down in the numbers from this game because I'm really interested in uh, kind of seeing how they use the players that they have because I think they're going to have to play mostly small. I think, uh, Tom, I'm sure you got a chance to see some of this game last night. I, I got to see a lot of it, actually, um, as I did the SiriusXM show that I do for the PGA Tour from my house. Uh, because uh, the flu bug has hit the Jones family, and so we did not. I did not go over to, to Trey's house. So in the background, very sneakily, I had uh, on the big screen there. That's the the yeah. benefit of an eighty-five inch television. Yeah, how can it be sneakily if well, it's, it's an eighty-five inch of glory? Yeah, it's off to the side. Um, but what I was able to do was put that off to the side, look straight ahead at the computer with the camera like that. See to my left, the game going on. We had a lengthy interview with Pepperdine National Championship uh, winning coach, uh, Coach Beard. Uh, and so because of it, I was able to sit back in the cut and let Trey talk to his fellow golf coach about their big matchup they had against one another. Yeah, they talk about uh, the four-leaf clovers that were grown in the ground uh, at the particular match because the kid with the floppy hat was chipping in from you know ridiculous lies and hitting thirty footers. He did play well though. You can't. You got to give him. He had a lot of great shots. He followed it up and played well. Yeah, he did. But he did. you know that was eh, a lot of low percentage situations went Pepperdine's favor. Else Florida State might have been in the situation that Pepperdine was, which is. To play for a natty. Yeah, it's unfortunate that that happened because Florida State could have won the national championship. But alas, it did not happen. And uh, good sports, the two of them talking it through. But it gave me a chance to sit back and watch Florida State basketball last night during the course of that interview. Uh, Bottom line is, I think, you know, your size is uh, an issue in the middle in terms of developed talent. They don't have a lot of it. Malik Osborne is going to have to carry the day. We suspected as much going into the season, and you and I talked about it. So I'm not surprised that that's going to have to be the case. And he's equipped to do it. By the way, Malik played great. 18 points. That's a career high for him. Um, Way back in the day at Rice, he scored over 20 points. But at least in his time here in Tallahassee, that's a career high. He was 4 of 6 from the field, 1 of 3 from beyond the arc, 9 of 12 from the free throw line. He also had 13 boards. They had a size advantage, not surprising there. I think when you watch Anthony Polite, you just realize how far that young man has come. Everything looks so smooth now watching him play the game, and he looked great yesterday, 17 points, 5 of 9 from the field. Um, can't leave him open. It's as good as that. I mean, you can't leave him open. It started a year ago, really, where he was just knocking down threes, and you started to realize if he caught the ball in rhythm or squared his shoulders, man, that ball has a real good chance of going in. And he's a good shooter now. He's a legitimate good shooter. Uh, Caleb Mills, if you watched this game last night, fast, a lot of fun to watch, uh, really quick, really aggressive, uh, is going to be 
uh, really one of the more fun players to watch play this year. And, hey, so I should note this because, you know, we were hard on him a year ago, and I'd worried he was a lost cause. Let's hope that the two exhibition games combined with the game last night is a better indicator of where Raekwon Evans is going to be because he played well, and it was nice to see because, I, you know, look, that guy there, whew, he fell off a cliff, and it got to a place where you thought, I don't know that that's coming back. I don't know that that I don't know that he wants to be out there. Right. It was an ugly deal a year ago, and who knows what was going on. It was such a weird season. But he looked so much better. I'm not talking about just last night. He looked good in the, in the exhibition game. So, you know, we'll play better competition, and we'll see. But he at least looks assertive and confident. Yeah, you know, the one thing I'll say, too, is you know Malik couldn't find a home last year in that rotation, and we no. documented that. You interviewed Coach Ham in December of last year, and he said, yeah, we're still looking. Like, he didn't have an answer. You asked him specifically. And that was the way it was the whole season. You know, Turk, Raekwon Gray was obviously going to play ahead of Malik because of all that he became at the tail end of his career. And they played a lot of similar situations in a similar spot on the court. So what do you do? Because they didn't really want to play small, per se. But this year, with this lineup, First of all, he looks to be in tip-top shape. Malik went to the went to work in the gym in the offseason. He looks even better, and he looks, he always looked good. But yeah, now but he, he looks really like good, yeah, yeah, he's grown in. He, he's a grown man now. But he also is somebody who, even before there there were, there was a, a bona fide place for him in the rotation, he was an emotional leader for this team for this program. Now he has the minutes to go along with it, and he's clearly the heart and soul of this particular group. You can tell. I saw him giving a lot of praise to Cameron Fletcher on the steal. Uh, that and was five of them did Cameron Fletcher. Well, it's nice to see him play, and it's nice to see him. I mean, look, we're rangy. We're always rangy. Even if we play quote unquote small, that doesn't mean anything to guards or wings outside the perimeter. Because when we extend, we're just such a large team. But around the glass is where that concern is going to be. I just noticed that Malik Osborne clearly was the loudest player on the court, communicating, calling out rotations, Better praising player, his yeah. teammates. Well, you were wondering who was going to take that role because Terrence Mann has played that role, uh, Tony Douglas way back in the day. There's some other examples I'm sure that I'm missing in recent times. Trent Forrest. Trent Forrest. not a vocal leader, but everybody listened when he spoke. But Fee, uh, I mean, on you know, his final team, was one of those vocal guys. Um, I mean, there's been a ton of them over the years, and it was who was going to be that player from the holdovers because Raekwon Evans had basic questions about his game. Anthony Polite is more of a lead-by-example type player. Well, Malik looks to be that guy who's going to be the emotional presence for this team. I'm going to give you another one because I think he'll take it over pretty quickly, and that's Caleb Mills. Uh, not bashful, really aggressive, cares to play on both ends of the floor, can get his own shot, gets to the basket. By definition, he's going to be a guy I think just will lead this team because I think when they need a basket, there's a chance oh, he's yeah. the guy. Uh, and, and it's fun to watch. Hey, listen, you, you mentioned Cameron Fletcher, the the – uh, the five steals came in 17 minutes. Right, right. I mean, he's so active and athletic. Uh, fun team. Look, well, they just do a good job here. This is going to be a fun team. They've got their weaknesses, and they get a real strong test beginning Sunday down in Gainesville in the, in, in, at lunchtime. We'll be watching that game along with the NFL games because, you know, every year I worry about that game because it's not as if Florida doesn't recruit well. It's just that uh, Mike White does less with more. Uh, and, and, and time and again, Florida State gets that win. Uh, but this is on the road, and this is a, a kind of a transformative team for him and that they have a lot of new pieces working together. And you saw some lapses in the first half defensively. Can they get that together? Because they'll be made to pay down in Gainesville if they don't. There's enough 
you know, I think polished scores for Florida, that that would be a problem. So we'll see. I just know this, that the athleticism is there. The shooting will be there. They're going to end up having some issues with their bigs because they're not developed. Uh, this is a, I, I would say this about these three guys specifically, and I wrote it down. Uh, Butler, uh, Ballard, uh, McLeod, uh, and Gom didn't play. He's got a concussion. But I think he kind of falls in this category too. They, they've got a long way to go, those guys, in terms of being polished post players. Now, they'll alter a ton of shots because they are so long. Right. And Well, can you put 25 minutes together between those guys, right. rack up six or seven fouls, and adjust, uh, force teams to adjust a lot of their shots, a yeah. lot of their angles when they drive the basket? Yeah. So, I mean, I, we'll see. It's a fun team. They've got a lot of options. They've got a lot of depth. They've got a lot of fouls to give, and that's always a good thing, too. So there you go. We are aware, for those of you that are listening and watching on Warchan TV, that we had some audio issues. That is now fixed. Uh, our apologies uh, there. Uh, but uh, they should be good to go now. I uh, have not gone over my Redemption Thursday picks. Pretty much just looking back at the night that was Florida State basketball as we look ahead to the football games this weekend. Actually, games beginning tonight that I'm interested in. It's it's a good Thursday night. It's a it's a good sort of warm-up to get into the weekend here. Uh, if you're a sporting guy or gal, I think there's some opportunities tonight. I even included Tom, and they're right here. Wagers are ready to go. An NBA game. We are. What? Yeah. We are branching out. It's legal. We're branching out now. We don't have to hold back, baby. Wait a minute. Here Redemption Thursday dips into the NBA waters? Yes, oh, it does. Man. Well, I think there's some opportunity there, Tom. you got to seize opportunities while they're there. Uh, I do think that uh, perhaps as hey. we go through the lot of the games here, or the card, if you will, that uh, we may see some interesting gifs and, and the like, as typical, if you're watching. Uh, because there are a few of these that I think even I would hit the button as an obvious on Jeff's card so, moment. Here's the thing. Typically, and I, I got the email from you, it was a, you know, just before showtime when we were in our prep meeting. I didn't read it. There's too much other stuff going on in the background. Matthew puts the graphic together with the uh, Redemption Thursday wagers and the ATM and the Metro Deli logo and all that stuff, and we appreciate our friends at Metro Deli. Sometimes I see these things in advance, so I know when to hit the Cat 5 button. Yeah, you start laughing But I am looking forward to seeing and or hearing these picks for the first time this week because I'm going in blind, Yeah, but I usually can tell. I usually can tell when you're up to something. I think our audience can usually tell, too. I mean, it's usually not that difficult, I don't think. Yeah, is there Uh, a Marshall game this week? There's no Marshall game this week. I wish there had been. Uh, But alas, without further ado, here we go. Uh, Texas A&M, the Fighting Jimbo Fishers, playing good football right now. They found their quarterback. They're playing good defense. They run the ball. They get teams to turn the ball over. I know that game day is headed to the Grove, but I like A&M on the road to lay the two and a half and beat Ole Miss here. Okay, That's a good Texas A&M team. They've turned into a good football team after stumbling and throwing up all over themselves. Nearly losing to Colorado and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, all that stuff. They have found their way. Uh, Give me Texas A&M. Our thanks, as Tom alluded to as we do these picks, uh, to Metro Deli, downtown Tallahassee. It's a staple if you're coming into Tallahassee. you got to swing by the Metro Deli. Great food and even more... Uh, even more than that, it's it's the cool people that run the place that have invested in us, and we're all friends there, and we love the Metro Deli. So. Don't go right now. They're observing Veterans Day. They're closed downtown because a lot of operations downtown Absolutely, are closed yeah. on this day. But tomorrow, back in play, and remember their breakfast. It's very good. Very, very good. And I uh, started the show for those that missed the audio by saying Happy Veterans Day to everybody and doffing the cap. Uh, Tom and I both have fathers that are veterans. We do. My brother that is a veteran uh, is a veteran. My uh, granddad was. Go on down the list. Yes, absolutely. Uh, speaking of which, 
Give me Air Force on the road, minus two and a half against Colorado State. I like Air Force on the road. Not much of a roadie. Not much of a road trip, given where they're located. And uh, we're Colorado. Hey, have you noticed a trend with me in Colorado State? Uh, yes, I have. Mm-hmm. And I'll bet Adazio has something to say to you about that. And on He can be TV. as angry as he wants. <laughs> you can be as mad as you want to be. Coach, those guys aren't ready to play. Week in and week out, not ready to play. Uh, give me Houston minus 14 in the first half against Temple. I'll wait. <laughs> I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Woo! So let me talk to you. Temple has mailed it in. They have decided they are not interested in playing football. Teams pounce on Temple on the regular. And uh, so I'm just going to leave it be. I'm going to I'm gonna take Houston to go in there. Get up big early. I'm not going to risk a backdoor cover. I'm just going to say, here you go. Go ahead and take that big lead early. I'll give the 14 to Lowly Temple, who've called it a day in the first half. All right, Auburn hosting Mississippi State. Just give me the under 51 here. Gets bogged down. Good defense, I think, in this game for both teams. I think both would uh, like to run the ball. Don't exactly trust their quarterbacks all that much to win them a football game. Mississippi State can't make field goals. I think it adds up to uh, mm. to an under. That's usually a good tell, too, on unders because mm. you get stopped in the red zone. Either oh, you're yeah. all too aggressive or you just miss a 37-yarder, and the next thing you know it's an empty possession and four minutes have come off the clock, and it looks good on the total. But that's interesting to take an under with Mike Leach. That offense doesn't do nearly what everybody thought it would when he got into the SEC and he had that first game against LSU and he lit it up. And yeah. turns turns out everybody lit up LSU that year. And on the right night, they still do. But uh, I, I just uh, I, I don't buy it. I don't I don't buy him. I think he's a crackpot who went from being amusing to absolutely loathsome. So there you go. I'm going to take Auburn and uh, the under 51 total there. Go under. Uh, NC State's getting a point at Wake. I think NC State should be favored. I think the better team right now. Wake's defense is all beat to hell. I first guessed Wake would lose to North Carolina last week and mentioned it on the show that it would be a wild shootout. It was. It was an easy guess for everybody involved. Uh, Wake can still score a lot of points, but they sure ain't stopping anybody, and that includes Army. They don't stop anybody. They're beat to hell on defense, so I like NC State just to win the game outright. Was it us talking about this? I feel like it was. I don't know if it was on the air or not. We have so many conversations. But that I remember watching, got home, Caught the tail end of game day because they're doing the picks, and I saw the total. It was like 76.5 or yeah. 77, and I was like, why am I not betting this right now? Why am I not betting the over for North Carolina Wake Forest? Yeah. It should be 110, and it was. Yeah. The hard part is that anytime you get over 70 points, it just takes a couple of stalled drives or mistakes in the red zone for yeah, either quarter. Team. Yeah. Just something weird happens, and it's just hard to get up there for that number. Now, again, with these two teams – or in the case of Wake, North Carolina, it really did feel like defense would be optional in that game, and it turned out to be. Well, and, and Wake does that every year. Sometimes it's Duke. Sometimes, I mean, Army, that was the crazy one. But, yeah, I mean, nuts. they play two or three games, sometimes Syracuse, like that, where they're you know touching it's the crazy. mid-40s easy, both teams. Yeah, yeah, weird, weird team. But uh, give me NC State. I think Wake is fading fast right now, mainly due to injuries on defense. Give me NC State to win the game. Uh, I've got Nevada plus 3.5 against San Diego State. I've kind of enjoyed this Nevada team. All year long, you know I've, I've bet on these San Diego State games. I've had a decent feel for this. I think Nevada is a live dog to win the game outright. Wrong team's favored. Well, give me the three points here on the road against San Diego State. Yeah, you can hit the siren because not too many people are betting, not in Florida, the Nevada-San Diego State game. <laughs> Holy Jesus.
BC got the quarterback back a couple weeks ago. Unfortunate for us, he's going to be in the NFL. He's got talent. Now he's rounding into form. They had to win with defense against a god-awful Virginia Tech team, but I think he's probably repped enough here. Georgia Tech doesn't play defense. I'm not in love with Boston College's defense, to be honest with you, against an offense with a pulse. I think this number's too low. I coupled, uh, coupled this with my numbers somewhere in the low 60s, so I took the over 54 here between these two teams. Boston College, Georgia Tech, take the over 54. Are those the Jeff Cameron power ratings? I've actually begun to develop them this year. Oh, and really? I do a thing at my house. Right. I have a little chart next to my computer when I sit down, and I've actually, it's a, it's a compilation, I'm not going to lie, of about six or seven different people's numbers that I've charted through the course of the year who seem to have made the most amount of sense to me and their methodology. I'm thieving the way they calculate, and I'm combining their collective as a brain trust um, numbers and using them on my behalf. So I like this. Sounds kind of like a meta-analysis. It is, and it's fun to do. So I'm I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't do this all on my own, but I took a lot of people whose numbers I do respect, and I started looking at them closer, and then I combined them, and all of a sudden I had a system. Is it laminated, this chart? No. So I then it's not final yet. So it's, it's still, <laughs> once it's laminated, that's when you know that you've got your, your power ratings. If I start bringing in laminated power ratings, Tom, we're going to shift gears and do three hours a day every day about gambling on everything from uh, grocery shopping to, you know, <laughs> the price of gas. The to, over-under is two and a half onions. Uh, yeah. Remember, it's winter. They're smaller, so I think they're going to buy three or more in this instance. Uh, oh, wait. Let's see what... Um, where are we looking here on, under on my card? No, no, no. It says that you take the under on my card, Tom. Um, I am taking the over. Yeah, did I say that wrong? No, I'm talking about Tom on the chat here. He says it says oh. under on your card. No, see, it says Jeff takes, you take. Jeff takes, you take. See, I'm taking the over. You then have to take the under. Uh, Oklahoma <laughs> is giving five and a half to Baylor. I was going to steer clear of this game. You've been on them every week. Has it been, it's been somewhat okay for you? OU or Baylor? OU. OU has been weird for me. I either get it really right or really wrong. And I ended up looking at Baylor favorably until a week ago when they really kind of screwed the apple cart there and, and, and messed me up. So uh, I like that I combined things there. <laughs> That's uh, better than pooch, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just, they're just apples. Uh <laughs> <laughs> really does not. Hope you get the right apple. Yeah, that's all. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> I took Oklahoma. I laid the five and a half. I think they'll run the ball. Uh, and I gave you a little. And now he didn't put it all in there. Nor do we have the NBA moniker because it was last second. I know, but I have a little two-team six-point teaser. Please, for y'all. I've been good on these. I've been good on these. Got a couple setbacks, but on the whole, I'm five and two with the six-point two-team. Teaser, please. All right, all so right. So five and two. That's going to net you a profit, ladies and gentlemen. So here we go. We're going to take the Ravens, use the six points, bet it down to minus a point and a half against the sorry-ass Dolphins. Basically, you're taking the Ravens to win the game. Yep, See, Tom's yep. nodding his head. All he right. feels good about that. One down. And then we're going to take the Browns, who are actually underdogs in getting points here. I'm going to get them at plus eight and a half. I'm going to take the six points and move it on up there. Plus eight and a half. You know who they're playing? I do, but I temporarily forgot. <laughs> I, <laughs> See, forgot. A, I led you astray. That's my fault. <laughs> no, no, that's actually my fault. They, uh, Cleveland is playing whom? I had it 
listed. And then I, I just knew that over a touchdown, I loved it, and I went, okay, we're good. They're playing New England. Yeah, and they're getting points against a middly New England team. Interesting. I get them at eight and a half. Well, it might be because of the COVID protocols. No Nick Chubb. But, well, it's going to be close because he's be vaccinated. Yes, so yeah, you got to watch that closely. Yeah, I will. Uh, I, I like them at plus eight and a half regardless because one side of the ball for Cleveland is elite, and that is their defense on the right, whole. Right. I don't, the Patriots have an average to below average offense at best. I'm getting eight and a half. Come on, baby. And it's not like Dearness De- Johnson's bad. When he came, his first start was the highest graded rushing performance <laughs> of the season for anybody, Derrick Henry included. When do they so get? He's not bad. When do they get uh, Hunt back? I don't know. They always everybody's they're, always hurt for them. They're loaded though in the backfield. So I I'm yeah, give me give me the Browns plus eight and a half on that combo. Two team teaser pleaser there. So uh, they could lose by a touchdown. That's fine. One o'clock sleepy game. Good defense. Cold weather. Wind. Forget about it. Forget <laughs> about it. it. We're doing. I see your NBA pick. It made it. Yeah, it made it. It just doesn't. Ha- it doesn't say NBA next to it. Just people might be. What is that? Oh, okay. Clippers Heat combination of factors. I won't get into. You guys aren't interested. As we move on with NBA picks, I'll tell you the reasoning behind this. This has to do with home road splits and all this good stuff. Under the total of two hundred and eleven and a half. Under. Be watching that game's tonight. I wanted to kickstart the weekend. <laughs> Man. Let's go. <laughs> you were just waiting. You that were chip, just waiting. That chip is good. There it's, it is. Well, it's been a busy week here <laughs> in the uh, in the Grand War Chant Enterprises and uh, related businesses. It's been busy. So I see. Unbelievable. You want to you want to get busy on the board. I want to get busy on the board. I want to lock in a profit on a Thursday. Oh yeah. Take my winnings on Take a Thursday. Spending money. Yeah, that's right. I'm gonna be playing with the house money come Friday and Saturday, baby. We start with my. Clippers heat 211 and a half under. Hey, hon, guess who covered? Guess we're getting two orders of Tostones <laughs> from Gordo's tonight. Oh, man. You know, I think I'm going to grill some tasty uh... salmon. Well, that's always an option. That's my guess. I may get some Chilean sea bass this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Yesterday, I uh, climbed quite a few hills at uh, Orange Theory Fitness, and I about killed myself. But, man, did it feel good afterwards. There is nothing like a finished workout at Orange Theory Fitness. 
Let's see my friends at Orange Theory Fitness. Just, just dip your toes in the water. Find out what I'm talking about. I could fill your head with grand promotions, and they've got deals for everybody, including first workout being completely free. Yeah, so dip your toes for free. Yeah, yeah you get to do it for That's free. That's right. First class always free. They give you great deals, too, when you get your heart rate monitor, which you're going to want anyhow, but you get this one that I use on my wrist and get discounted. It's so many good things. I, I'll, I'll get more detailed later. I just sort of off the cuff because I actually was thinking of how sore I am. Um, we did these goblet squats, Tom, in addition to. Yeah. Goblet squats in addition to running up, running up hills will bust your ass. Well, that's where it's good that you have a, a, an SUV, a utility vehicle that's high up off the ground. Because if you've got a car that's lower to the ground and you do goblet squats, getting out of the car <laughs> like, is ah! really difficult. <laughs> yeah, you, you, should, uh, you should check them out. Give them a call, 850-895-9683. It's uh, Orange Theory Fitness. I met a person who was doing their first workout the other day. And they had heard it, heard it on the show, and, and that made me smile. Not just because it's, it's good, because I have a symbiotic relationship with those guys, but uh, I was happy somebody was convinced to, to give it a go by yours truly, which is cool, because I, I think you'll like it. I really do. Uh, somebody asked in the chat if I'm taking the Knowles with the points. I'm not touching this game other than maybe the over. We brought it up on College Sportsbook. Um, I don't like the game, but I, I'll tell you something. In, from a non-gambling perspective, if we're just talking about the football game, and obviously – I have a rooting interest. So let's bring it back home and remove the clinical aspect of breaking down offense and defense and numbers and rather just talk about the game. From a rooting interest, I'll be a homer here for a second, and, and decidedly so. Uh, obviously, I'm going to walk into that stadium. I'm walking in with my father and my two boys. I'm going as a fan on Saturday. I am not going as a media member, although I'll play that role on Sunday when I rewatch the game. But uh, I'll be cheering my head off on Saturday. Uh, Florida State Miami always does something to me. It's my favorite game. It's it's my favorite rivalry. Um, I like this one much more than I do Florida State Florida. For other people, depending on the time you were in school or your family backgrounds, it could be opposite. I know plenty of Knowles that look at the Florida game as the the biggest game. Yo, in the rivalry, right? That's me. But uh, to me, it's it's Florida State Miami. Um, you got to remember when I started going to games and when I was in school and all that. That game really was, and we did this on Warchant.com, a look back at some of the bigger moments. We could have That show could have been, I don't know how long it was, uh, me, Corey, and Gene doing that show, Tom, but it probably could have been double in length because we all have all these memories of these plays and these moments and this great rivalry. And I mentioned at the start of the week that I'm saddened that this rivalry has had to take a back seat to so many other lesser rivalries and games across the country, at least in terms of national prominence, because... This deserves better. Now, I'm biased, but it deserves better. There, there was a time, I reference it all the time on this show, that this game cact- captivated a nation. And one of the reasons that it did is that there were always, literally, because the kids love to say literally after everything these days, uh, national championship implications on the line when the game was played. And in addition, there was a good chance that no matter where you lived, should I go with Topeka or Sheboygan? Either way, no matter where you were. Rock Hill. South Carolina. Uh, you watched this game because you knew you were going to be watching for a few hours a bunch of NFL players. Guys that you were going to watch on your TV come Sundays in the not-too-distant future. So you saw electrifying plays, electrifying players, polarizing moments, uh, unique coaches, 
characters, if you will, of the game, like going back to Jimmy Johnson and all of that. And, of course, Bobby Bowden, a legend of the game. So you had so many uh, moments there. And I wish, I, I hope we get back to it. It's going to be difficult to get back to it, not because I'm worried about Florida State regaining its standing in the world of college football. It's a different discussion to talk about whether or not they'll ever truly dominate uh, the, the world of college football in the way that in which they did for the better part of 15 years. Uh, but but certainly they'll get back to being a playoff contender and a, and, and a conference champion. Um, it's just taking longer than we'd like. I don't know about Miami, and I think Miami fans, if they're being honest, don't know either. They've now been waiting 20 years. And in addition to that, they have not invested in their program in the same way that Florida State has invested in theirs. And for Florida State, we wish that we could invest even more because we know that's what it's going to take to surpass a Georgia uh, in, in the way they're recruiting and the way that they've invested in recruiting, uh, or an Alabama, or a Clemson for that matter. But these are different conversations as far as these two programs go and, and the true fans and the alumni and the supporters of both schools, no matter what, if it's just because you're from the area or whatever it might be, if you've got passion for these two teams, well, you know what I'm talking about. You know that feeling. And the feeling you used to get, and I don't get it now. I will on Saturday. I know that. Because for me, and you can attest to this from the times we've been on the roof where I punch you during plays. That's correct. But for me, seeing the uniforms on the field at the same time is the trigger. That's the precise moment. That's when I could have filed the police reports. Yes. It's the trigger seeing them come out of the tunnel and, and then seeing our colors clash with their colors. But it used to be so much more. And what I mean by that is the second the clock struck zero on a Saturday preceding the Miami game, my thoughts immediately turned to that game, that Saturday night, that Sunday morning, whatever it might be. The second I could you know, grab my collective thoughts about what I just saw and what it meant and what is it going to mean for the next week. And as we built towards, traditionally, that matchup in October – Every result, every play, every series, every decision for me had to do with the effect it would have in the Miami game. This guy getting hurt, this guy coming on, coach making a good or bad decision, in my opinion. What does that mean for when the game is on the line against Miami? What does that mean, our inability to get a pass rush or to block it up or to have a pass rush or block, like, as it relates to Miami? That's the way I always viewed all of these moments preceding that game. And then there came the moment where it all culminated, whether I was walking into Doe Campbell Stadium or down in the old Orange Bowl. Ah, nothing like getting out of the car for the tailgate and smelling all that urine down in Miami. It's omnipresent. And then knowing that there was a vibe of danger in the air. But I always loved this because going down to the Orange Bowl and tailgating and doing that as a knoll, there was that sense of danger. There was an ominous feel, and it was an energy. There was also the smell of cigars and good food, and it was just, it was always there. I'll take it with me forever, and the rivalry is that for me. It will be again on Saturday afternoon when they kick it off and I see the two teams clash. I just wish, uh, I just wish that it could rekindle a little bit of the magic it once had. So for me, this is the the, the game where I'm most like a fan in the sense that I was a fan when I was 14, 
15, 16, 17 years old, 21 years old, 23 years old. I think it started to wane as your priorities and perspectives change as you get older. But, man, those feelings, that, that is that is something that we all have. And you know, it's one of the things that I love most about college football because when you travel and you visit other places and you're around fans who have that same thing but for a different rivalry, I love listening to them talk about it. Like I would love for you and I, Tom, to be able to travel together and go to, as I've said many times before, you know, a Michigan-Ohio State game, you know, an LSU-Auburn uh, game or an LSU-Florida game or something like that or whatever, you know, whatever mm-hmm. one we Auburn, chose. Auburn-Georgia, you know, LSU-Florida. Yeah, yeah, Auburn-Alabama, yeah. what, yeah. whatever yeah. it might be, right? Just to listen to those fans who are equally as passionate about their teams as we are ours sure. talk about what the rivalry means in the various moments and the plays and all of those things. And it brought back memories yesterday recording that video because I was in the student section uh, with Stephen Rafferty. I mentioned that on the show yesterday in 93, and I can remember the play, and I can remember Matt Fryer breaking free, and I can remember all of those things. And so, you know, you, you go through the years and you, you kind of look back, or whether it's you know, it doesn't have to be 93. It could be any of the 90, 95, 97, 90, all the years throughout the 90s where that was just every game. It felt like the biggest thing in the world. And then we traveled, too. We used to go down there, as I'm saying, down to the Orange Bowl. And every time we went there, it felt like the biggest deal in the world. Yeah, I can tell you that in 09, which was uh, my second and final Miami game in Tallahassee as a student, I was actually working with a radio station at that point mm-hmm. as an intern. Mm-hmm. Um, in 09, that game was on a Monday. And my friends, my older friends who had graduated a year or two ago, came up, stayed with us for the long weekend. And that was one of my favorite weekends I've ever experienced in Tallahassee because it was it was a combination of so many things. It's like you see the future in front of you. You have your old friends back, so you get the nostalgic feel to it. Even though they've been gone for a little bit and you're all in your early 20s, it, it still feels different than when you're all in undergrad together. And it was, we're watching football on Saturday together. I mean, like the whole weekend was just this big celebration. And then Jarman dropped the ball, you know, and that, that's that's the unfortunate end to this <laughs> and then tale. Jarman dropped the ball with yeah. two full seconds left to go on the clock, but Which you know, somehow got to zero. Par for the course for this godforsaken conference and their officials. Let's hope that they don't step in again this weekend because remember, two years later, 2011, that was Mike Harris picking up a fumble, returning it for a touchdown. They said it was an incomplete pass Which somehow. Which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was Carlos Williams returning the second half opening kickoff for a touchdown with a phantom holding call that as many times as I replay that play, because it's amazing to watch that dude motor that fast, I don't see any holding call whatsoever. Well, and it was also game, yeah. the Nigel Bradham game, in which he hits Bird over the middle, nearly kills him, about killed him. That is correct. And they toss him out of the game before targeting was even a thing. And even if targeting was a thing, they would have reviewed it and said, absolutely, perfectly clean hit. So I don't know let's hope that they don't butt their heads in. But yeah. What's that? I don't know if the modern game they would have. They might have still said it was just too violent. They would have said it was too violent, but they would have had to let him play. He did everything right. His foot was on the ground. I know. I did the interview with the ACC commissioner on the Monday after the game. Yep. Mm -hmm. In which he was asked specifically what should he have done. And then you could hear him stutter F his way through that answer and sound foolish. Admittedly, he texted me after that. And he was like, you got me. Right. I always appreciated Michael Kelly for that, by the way, because after I asked him that question and he could not answer what should have been done differently, uh, and he could not defend those officials, he then later on, I'm sure after he got done seething, 
uh, because it sucks to get got, uh, then proceeded to text me and say, hey, yeah, you're right, you got me. Yeah, that was one Jeff Flanagan who was uh, officiating that game. Effin' Flanagan. It's the Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center, online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Before I move forward, let me note, if you're thinking about solar panels, don't forget to think about the condition of your roof before you sign a solar panel contract called T-Spark Enterprises. To come out and inspect your roof, the last thing you want to do is have to pay an additional $10,000 plus to remove your newly installed panels to have a new roof put on. There is benefit to replacing your roof at the same time you have solar panels installed, opportunities for huge tax credits. In addition, you want to make sure your roof can handle the weight of solar panels and that your roof will not need to be repaired or replaced. So there you go. Go uh, make sure you uh, check out our friends T-Spark Enterprises Roofing and Construction to learn what you need to do. You must learn. Woo! Oh, goodness gracious. Our thanks to Eric Angel, as always. Happy Rivalry Week. He believes that FSU Miami is, of course, the bigger rivalry than Seminoles Gators as well. So he shares your opinion. Yeah, it's just a matter of how old you are and when you went to school or how you fell in love with Florida State and who probably broke your heart more or whatever it might be. But, um, yeah, it, it shapes the, the, the rivalry. Thanks, Eric. You're a peach, man. Always uh, helping us out, and we do appreciate that. I I think we had some video issues this last time instead of audio issues. I think we're good. You were frozen for like a good five minutes. I was? Yeah. Just frozen. You know, it's been a day in that regard. It's been a day. As we record. Your your mic was a mess. So I have not touched my, you know, the The microphone. The gremlins are out, Tom. Yeah, the microphone and the the console that we use for the postgame show. I haven't touched it since we did the Warchant.com postgame show, which you can catch 10 to 15 minutes after the conclusion of Miami and Florida State on Saturday. Gene Williams and myself will take your reaction and we'll have Mike Norvell's press conference, hopefully a victorious one, and reports from victorious. the press, uh, I should say the press box, not the press conference, but the press box with Ira and or Corey. Anyway, haven't touched it since last week, and it didn't work at all today. You told me that I was sounding like a bee buzzing as I was speaking. Yeah, Lou Holtz would have been happy. It was, uh, we were sitting there, and then all of a sudden it was just, but it, it went along, the buzz went along with your inflection. So if you oh, it tr- did? Yeah, so no matter what you were trying to say, if you're like, can you hear me now? It would go. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, it sounded, uh, well, inaudible, other than the buzz. We got Lou? Well, I don't get There it is. <laughs> the brain, man, cold. Yeah. 
It's, uh, it's the giggle. It is. The it's little, the giggle that's well, next level. Well, it's a level. crazy man's giggle. It's the, I don't know what I'm saying. These aren't words. I can pick up on the fact that I'm trying to say something, but this sounds like me after 17 beers at the house. Well, I don't It's somebody who, if they had had that many beers, sitting next to Lou, perhaps by a fire, would go, I agree. They would absolutely have understood what he was saying there. Yeah, like, what's USC doing here? You're you're all watching UCLA and San Diego State. Yeah. Why why is USC not going for it? (laughs) No. Right. Because they're not playing, Lou. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't get. So I actually do remember what he was trying to say. I do remember what he was trying to say. And I think I kind of, you know how the brain is, you know how they, sometimes uh, you'll see these little, uh, where you have to stare for a long period of time and then the brain works it out. I mean, I don't know what those things are called. Yeah, yeah. Uh, optical illusions, but they're really not optical illusions. But, yeah, like yeah. those books when we were kids. Yeah. They had those things, yeah. the so 3D things. Your brain will fill in letters that are missing from words, and you've oh, seen the yeah. structure of words yep. so many times that you can just remove the H or the S or the U, and you uh, you can just keep reading it, and it can just be a bunch of spaced-out letters, and you can read the paragraph. Yeah. Your brain will fill it in. That's psychological closure. It's really amazing, yeah. right? So one of my favorite things about that is when you're listening to Lou there, He's saying, I don't know how you can blame the head coach. Right. Right. Now, now think about this. Play it in real speed. He's saying, well, I don't know how you can blame the head coach. And then let, he doesn't say that at all, but here you go. Well, I don't get That's rather remarkable. Now, think about how effed up that is. Right. My man is just right. – he's – Absolutely incredulous how Reese Davis just blamed the head coach, and he's trying to laugh at that point by saying, I don't know how you can blame, I mean, the head coach, and then this is what you get. Well, well, I don't get diabrame the head comb. (laughs) Diabrame the head comb. It is unreal. Oh, Lou, that is really remarkable. They should study that. Institutions, higher learning. The effects on the brain of whatever the, the Holtz effect. Yeah, you call it the Holtz. It is absolutely remarkable. You could do it for days. Now remember, class, today's lecture is not the only thing that's going to be on the midterm. We're going over the Holtz effect on Thursday. Be ready. Uh, Khalil, hello, sir. As I've told Corey and Aslan, as twenty-four-year-old, all I have is the lost decade, Jimbo era, which is good, but I would. Love to live through FSU, UM, UF, be good at the same time. Seems like we take turns now. Yeah, the 90s featured all three schools uh, operating at one point at peak efficiency. And it was because of that that we would wear as a badge of honor the fact that we played both Florida and Miami. And those two bitch asses wouldn't play each other on the regular. Well, we know who the number one BA was, if you will. Correct. That but, was in Gainesville. But but they wouldn't. And so we'd say, okay, well, we get it. Cowards. That's what they have been for 100 years. So I would then say, okay, that's fine. We play them both. And that was a beautiful thing because. <gasps> Just yeah. thanks to Khalil. Yeah, thanks to Khalil as always. But, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was tough. But, you know, you, you had to. It made it all the more. 
enjoyable and rewarding in 93 and in 99. Of course, it led to heartache in a lot of other instances as well, but it was a glorious thing. Yeah, that was, for me, we played Florida so often with the bowl games on top of the annual game when I was between about 8 and 12 years old. That's what sold it for me. And Spurrier, he's a good foil too. Yeah, whom we both grew to appreciate many moons later. It shows you the passage of time can do strange things. Hour number two forthcoming. Stay with